Hey, hey, non-plus listeners, we are excited to introduce a new sponsor this week, Loot Crate. I've heard of them. Of course you have, because Loot Crate is the original fan-powered subscription. They partner with entertaining, gaming, sports, and pop culture brands to deliver monthly themed crates. They've got the broad stuff that's like sort of a mixed bag, or you can get more focused stuff like you can pick a Marvel box. They have a Rick and Morty box, or you can do all sci-fi, or you can do fantasy. Like they've got all sorts of options. We we've had a subscription in the past, and I still have shirts from Loot Crate that yes. are in my regular rotation. My my uh, bobblehead Groot is a yeah. Loot Crate acquisition, and they were a great pick for fans of really anything because I, they're run by fans. They unabashedly celebrate their pop culture faves and work directly with creators and licensed partners to make new products that fans will be stoked to see. Yeah, and they also offer local shipping to a ton of different countries. So if you usually can't get stuff like this because you're outside the U.S. Definitely check out Loot Crate. Yes. If you want to get a little bit of a discount, you'll get 15% off your first purchase on us. If you head over to our show notes and click the link for Loot Crate there and use the code NONPLUS for 15% off your first order. That's code NONPLUS and use the link in the description to get 15% off your Loot Crate. Yes. Monthly geek box come through. Yeah. I'll drink to that. I- <laughs> And one for Mahler? I don't. <laughs> um, I almost feel like I want, or I wonder if that was what had the net beat that heat bubba deep bap ski. Whitney Houston's not here yet. <laughs> Feeple fourfold or whatever she says. <laughs> Scoop your duper. Welcome to another episode of Nonplussed, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband, Clancy. Over there is my husband, Josh. And this is Nonplussed, a mischief media podcast. Yes, it is. Hello. Hi, honey. Hi. Uh, Listeners may or may not know, we are survivors of the great Texas blizzard of 2021. Shit froze over here. Shit froze over, y'all. And we are still managing to get this podcast out on time. Honestly, it's the little things, truly. We're very thankful. We actually didn't lose power. We didn't lose power. We didn't lose water. We were super lucky. And uh, yeah, it just was, it was weird. But yes, we're good and we're warm and martinis just fine. But uh, let's let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Let's do it. Remember, of course, there's mischiefmerch.com where you can get all of your geeky merchandise needs. There's some prescient. There's some timely collections that they've got, like the Vote of Confidence collection. What's that got, Clancy? Uh, well, that features the new Madam Vice President merch. Yes, you can get it on T-shirts and mugs and bags and course it celebrates our new madam vice president which i am very excited for um, yes and then of course the the tongue-in-cheek west winged theme collection what's next yeah that one they uh they feature the i'm so sick of congress i could vomit mugs hats shirts anything they've got you covered at mischiefmerch.com of course you could also get non-plus t-shirts and mugs and 
Merch for all of your other favorite mischief ma- mi- mischief media <laughs> podcasts. There we uh, go. All of that at mischiefmerch.com. So we got a bunch of news this week. We got some news. We got some news. What's the first thing we got, honey? Well, Disney Plus has reached 94.9 million paid subscribers as of January 2nd. Uh, they added 8.1 million members during the month of December alone. Yeah. So a lot of people joined in for <sighs> soul. It's so and, many yeah. people. I mean, if you like multiply six dollars per per that number, like that's the money they're bringing. I mean, it, we, gross. We, in December, I feel like maybe people were gearing up for WandaVision, which has been a treat. Yes, it has. Um, if you're not watching, we highly recommend. Obviously, so there's some new casting details on the upcoming Marvel or sorry, Miss Marvel series um, that's yes. coming out. The Hollywood Reporter reported Laurel Marsden. She's going to be joining the show to play uh, Zoe Zimmer. Yeah, in the comics, uh, Zoe, she's like a fellow student of Kamala Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting fleshed out. Yeah. Um. Real quick, let's blow through what's coming to Disney Plus in March. Yeah, on March 5th, we've got Raya in The Last Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is going to be a Disney Plus premiere access, so similar to Mulan, so you will have to pay $30 in order to see the movie. Sure. Next, we have the WandaVision series finale. Yes! Garfield, uh, Tale of Two Kitties is also <laughs> coming to the platform, which is super, super fun. On March 12th, we have Dr. K's Exotic Animal ER seasons one through eight. Miss <laughs> uh, Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, which I wanted to see and also want to read the series. Okay. We've got a bunch of Marvel Legends episodes, Marvel Studios Legends episodes coming up uh, for prep for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. So they've got, they're going to be doing four of them for Falcon, Winter Soldier, Zemo, and Sharon Carter. Yes. And then uh, assembled the making of WandaVision, which will be really cool to see. I am so excited for I'm that. I'm looking for behind the scenes on that. Yes, 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 yes. Maybe that's what the like rumored 10 epi- 10th episode is, is the behind the scenes. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, on March 19th, though, what's coming out? Falcon and Winter Soldier Episode 1. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's exciting. We also have Disney's Big Hero 6, the series, Season 3. Kind of platform. And then on the 26th, uh, we also get another new show, The Mighty Ducks, Game Changers. Yeah, episode we talked one. about that. Um, it, it premieres on March 26th. We also have Disney's Pickle and Peanut seasons one and one and two, <laughs> Nomeo and Juliet. And then, of course, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier will continue its weekly cadence from there. Yeah. So lo- lots of fun stuff coming. Yes. So where do we do all our research, Josh? All of our research, per the usual, is coming from Wikipedia, IMDb, and Rotten Tomatoes. Anything else we mentioned just up in, in the top of the show, we'll link uh, in the show at, notes. as we usually do. Yeah. All right. All right, so uh, what movie are we doing this week, Josh? We are doing a recent addition to Disney+, Plus, a fantastic piece that's been sorely missing since the platform launched just over two years ago. Beloved 90s classic, 1997's wonderful world of Disney production of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. That was a mouthful. Yeah, it was. It was. And you know what? It was. This whole movie's a mouthful when you, when you, when you think about it. <laughs> to address the elephant in the room, you and I, we are two white gaze <gasps> yeah exactly oh, no. and this production is famously diverse and unquestionably is the product of black excellence yes whiskey whiskey whitney houston was the executive <laughs> producer on this exactly and she started alongside brandy they were pop divas making yeah. top dollar slinging records left and right in the 90s oh and Whoopi. Whoopi's being real as fuck yeah for sure but as i say you and i we are two white gays and aren't qualified to engage in say any form of critical race theory on this movie oh god no no that's not our charge on this podcast can you imagine 
us as experts in anything no uh much less race theory no absolutely not yeah so long story short people had racist reactions to this movie as uh, at least as bad as you would expect if not worse it's gross yeah very and so much about this movie and stuff that's been written about it is very much a product of its time and there's a lot to unpack about how people felt about this and why but we are not qualified to unpack it yeah so we're gonna leave that discourse to the experts but that said i mean we're here to make fun of movies exactly if you hold this film near and dear to your heart as a totem perhaps to the bright-eyed innocence of fantastical flights of fancy (laughs) in your youth uh buckle up because there's plenty to make fun of here yeah let's let's get into it all right so originally it was written by Richard Rogers and book and lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein. It was originally produced for live television in 1957 with Julie Andrews in the lead in both black and white and compatible color. Oh shit. And after the musical success in London and elsewhere as a stage production, the network decided to produce another television version. And that was in 65. Okay. But the original premiere had been broadcast before videotape was available. So only one performance that had ever been shown. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they didn't have a whole lot to go off on when doing the the new production, uh, which starred Leslie and Warren, age 18. She was um, Miss Scarlet in Clue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was adapted uh, for ABC television by Robert L. Friedman and directed by Robert Iscove with choreography by Rob Marshall, who would later direct and uh, choreograph Chicago. Oh, Awesome. Yeah. And a few other movie musicals. As we mentioned, this was produced by Whitney Houston, uh, Deborah Martin Chase and the Walt Disney Television Company. Yeah. And as we mentioned, also racially diverse cast. And here's the breakdown. We've got Brandy Norwood as Cinderella, Whitney mm-hmm. Houston as uh, her fairy godmother and Grand Dame Diva herself, Bernadette Peters as the stepmother. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have Vian Cox as uh, Cinderella's stepsister. Calliope. Calliope. It's that instrument from the circus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's Calliope. Oh, that's fun. Uh, we have Natalie DeSalle Reed playing Minerva. Yep. Paolo Montalban as Christopher, Rupert, Windermere, Vladimir, Carl, Alexander, Francois, Reginald, Lancelot, Herman. Herman? Herman. Gregory James. <laughs> Next, we have Whoopi Goldberg as Queen Constantina. Yeah. Uh, Victor Garber as King Maximilian. Mm-hmm. And then finally... Seinfeld's Jason Alexander as Lionel the steward. Yes, it's an all-star cast. It's a phenomenal mm-hmm. cast. And they yeah. can all sing fucking magic. Yeah. Velvet voices all around. I need to see more Whoopi Goldberg musicals, personally. For sure. She's got a rich voice. She she does. But well, yeah, had you seen this before? I saw it when it originally aired in 1997 on television. No, I had not seen this before. This was brand new to me. I had seen... Uh, Annie, which was in a similar style, which came out a bit later. A couple years later, Wonderful World of Disney musical where Victor Garber played Daddy Warbucks and Kathy Bates played Miss Hannigan. Yeah. And I remember that version vividly. Like that's he he is the Daddy Warbucks that I always picture when I think of Annie. And he's quite the daddy. Yeah. And, and, and a noted homosexual. He is a noted homosexual. Well, do we want to get into this film? Let's get into it. For a plain yellow pumpkin to become a golden carriage Impossible for a plain country pumpkin and a prince to join in marriage A slipper made of glass is just a shoe And dreamers never make a dream come true Impossible. 
Cinderella grows distracted while waiting upon her stepmother and two stepsisters in the marketplace, where she meets a charming young man. The pair bond upon realizing that both are dissatisfied with their sheltered home lives. After being schooled for speaking to a stranger, Cinderella returns to her stepfamily's aid before realizing the young man is Prince Christopher. Ooh. Seriously, Whitney Houston opens this. I was not prepared for the number of times I would be startled by her sudden appearance. Yeah, she she <laughs> she is she is she's haunting this, this village. She is haunting this movie for sure. Big 90s vibes with those squiggles and like the magical effects. I felt like I was watching. Did you do you remember the Disney Channel series Adventures in Wonderland? No. It was super cute, but like all of the like graphics and art looked like that. I got it. Yeah. Very saved by the bell squiggle pop. For sure. It was <laughs> it was a choice and they made it. So this movie is in standard definition. Yes. You mentioned this, that it was probably going to be our first. Yeah, it's not actually. We checked. Yeah, it's Halloween Town was our first standard definition, but Halloween Town had been remastered for DVD and widescreen, much yes. to the chagrin of a lot of uh, uh, Halloween Town purists. Um, whereas this movie is presented in four by three yeah, standard definition. And it makes like, there are some odd video, like graphical artifacts that happen from slowing and smoothing attempts Yeah, they, that they, would have been fine on network TV, but because you're not really going to pick up on it, but like here, you're definitely seeing that in order to match the timing of the audio that they are ramping and, uh, um, the, the ramping time in order to like make it work like they're singing. Yeah. And because they haven't graphically updated it, it looks weird watching it on Disney plus it does on our on, giant, 4K on a giant TV. fucking TV. Yeah. Yes. If we were watching this like on a computer monitor, it probably would. We I probably wonder if that's something that we should much. start doing like in order to like, like the older ones. Yeah. Like Maybe. we need to preserve the source material in its original intended. No, because this is over the internet and it's intended to be displayed on my television. Yes. So that is, that is the medium, but still, Anyways, I feel like they they knew that there was a request for it and that they could just get their bang for their buck without having to spend the money on a. Honestly, it's a good maybe transfer. It's a, rights thing? it's a good transfer. Yeah. It, it doesn't look terrible. No, but it definitely is standard. Some definition. moments it's like, hoo, hoo, hoo. yeah, so but but it's it's not bad. Um, yeah, I forgot Whoopi Goldberg was in it until the title came on <laughs> and was like, oh, yes, Whoopi Goldberg is in this and I am excited. Yeah, but I distinctly remember, you know, whenever we talk about or would talk about or read about, you know, this film, well, because I only ever saw it once on screen, you know, when it aired and we didn't have the VHS, mm-hmm. um, I, I just I remember very bright production design and sort of like whimsy in the costumes and scenery and I wouldn't have been able to describe in detail what happened in the film, but that would have stuck out. And I, 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 I don't know. I was just pleasantly surprised that my memory on that held up. Cause I love the costume design on this. It's great. I love the production. It's all, it's wacky as it's all get out. Hell. It's very, very gay. Yeah. Um, it was it's just like, maybe that's what I want the house in Palm Springs to look like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, didn't realize that's what Bernadette Peters sounds like. <laughs> what do you think mother? Certainly not the sort of thing you see every day. <laughs> I saw it first. How do you think it looks on me, Mother? 
Awful. I didn't ask you. How can a mother choose between two such extraordinary daughters? <laughs> we went off for uh, ten minutes going through other examples of Bernadette Peters singing, of Bernadette Peters speaking, because Clancy was convinced she was doing something wild with her voice. Which she kind of is. Sure, but for an intro line. Like, it was a- affected, but she that's still her voice. Right, it's if noses could talk. Like, oh. that's what it sounds like. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, she's an actress, and she makes choices. She, she did, she did. And you know what? The director liked it. So yeah. Also, the sisters look like they're 34. Well, (laughs) (laughs) like I can understand Brandy. Brandy was 18 when this was filmed. Mm -hmm. And so like that fits to me. But that just them was just so jarring. They were delightful, though. Seriously, the performance by by Vianne and Natalie were delightful. They committed to being goofy. Yeah. Goofy, spoiled weirdos. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like a goofy, spoiled weirdo as an antagonist. Like that's, they're just egotistical idiots and that's great. So eventually Brandy and Paolo, uh, the prince and Cindy. Who is this hunk of man and can he get in my bed? Oh my God. <laughs> Those cheekbones, that velvety baritone. Uh, uh, I, I, seriously, <laughs> he, this is, this is, this prince is less charming and more, Cause I didn't find it particularly charming. He's just sweet and hot. He is sweet, sweet, hot, and progressive. He's and, a socialist. His yes. socialism makes him mm-hmm. hot. Truly. Yeah. But the, they're singing this song. Yes. And talking, it's kind of their, I want so, a split. I want song, even though they both kind of get their own. I want songs later. Yeah. My problem a lot of wanting my problem here is that this sort of like little duo refrain, it's almost around. It always sounds like the second voice is half a beat off. Yeah. Like it's a sweet song, but I felt like Brandy kept coming in on the half beat. I will say that like Brandy in this is absolutely a delight. Delightful and sweet. Her singing voice is just absolutely incredible. But that's all the notes that I have for this section. Yeah. Christopher returns to the palace where he is apprehended by his valet Lionel. He learns that his parents, Queen Constantina and King Maximilian, plan to host a ball in order to find her son a suitable bride. Lionel sends the proclamation and the town goes wild. Okay. Yeah. What nationality? Where's his accent from? Is Lionel. Italy? Greece? I can't. Slovakia? I can't, I can't pin it. Estonia? I know. We watched some old Eurovision songs last night. It kind of <laughs> sounds familiar from those. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like his accent is Eurovision. Why, Why the disguise again, your highness, after I beg you? a wonderful time today, Lionel. No one treated me like a prince. What a relief to be among real people. Yes, yes. Can I tell you something? Real people are not all they are cracked up to be, eh? Look at me. I am a real person. Does that tell you anything? Believe me, they are all out there wishing they could be you. Because they have no idea what it's really like. Help me out there. You are rich. You live in a gorgeous palace. You have beautiful women throwing themselves at your feet. Is there something I have... <laughs> 
Yes. It's certainly uh, continental. To, to, to distill it down. Yeah, no, he is absolutely delightful in this and brings a a good amount of uh, comedy levity to it. He's an absolute ham. Yeah. And his ham is on display. His ass gets smacked so much in this movie. Yes. And it, it's... It, how do you solve a problem like Jason Alexander? Like, it's <laughs> what is the accent? He's a delight. He sings so well. He does. When he started singing, I thought, oh, God, now I want to see him as Max Bialystok in The Producers. Yeah. I want them to do The Producers again, and I want Jason Alexander to star in it. That would be delightful. In the Nathan Lane role? Yes. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that and would love it. It would be great. Did you ever see the, the McDonald's commercial that he was in where he was singing and dancing about the uh, McBLT? No. Okay, so um, <laughs> we're way off track, but this is. <sighs> anyway, my note here is Whoopi Goldberg needs to play more royalty. She is regal as fuck. She is. Uh, and we also get Daddy Warbucks as well. Yes, Victor Garber. Mm-hmm. You know his gay ass squealed when he went into the fitting for that coat. His it, whole wardrobe is gay as fuck, and I it love is. it. Anyways. The whole thing with Whoop, Whoopi squeaking, like, I don't know where this conversation came in or happened. No, he's not. Uh. Here we go. <gasps> Max, my smelling salts. Max. Like, was this a thing that was staged before or did Whoopi come in and go, this is how I'm going to do it. Because it's delightful. It is delightful. And it was not a noise that I was expecting out of Whoopi Goldberg in 20,000 years. It's it's the beat she plays sort of as the exasperated mother throughout. Yeah. And every time she did it, I giggled. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. And then so Lionel runs out to the town to tell everybody like, hey, we're not going to pay you for any of this, by the way, but we need a whole bunch of cheese. We need some other food. And there's probably some wine that we need, like all this ordering hither and yon of the whole town. And then after basically every getting everyone to, you know, forfeit their wares over to their Lord, pretty much he can't get his stupid ass out of the damn way. Yeah. A, I felt really bad for Jason Lionel. You mean, or the actor, Jason Alexander, both. Cause I was just like, anyways, Lionel, he has the hardest job in that kingdom. Yeah. And they do like abuse the fuck out of him. Right. They are. Th- this is a Royal family that is not very pro worker. Not at all. Which is part of the Prince's point, honestly. But yeah, he is definitely in the way of everything that's happening. There was like this cake that weighs, I, I would assume um, three ounces. It was angel food. It's fine. <laughs> and it was just being tossed around. And he couldn't hold on to it. Who doesn't it's like, love a light and fluffy cake, Clancy? Move on. For sure, for sure. Never mind that is <laughs> is this the official way that we prepare for royal things? Did y'all rehearse for this? Is this partially a, a military 
thing where suddenly everybody's singing. We're throwing a ball and everybody goes into The stepmother screamed bloody murder at Cinderella earlier (laughs) for singing with a stranger, but now the whole damn town is flinging bread around and popping bottles. Also, there's got to be a more efficient way of moving that wine down those stairs. Every time they toss one of those bottles, I I, I gasped. You, yeah, again, we've you're not getting. The, we've had them explode in our house. You're not getting paid for this. How are you just tossing that shit around? Just four people <laughs> on the stairs and just hand them down fireman bucket this shit. What are you doing? Yeah, that's alcohol. It is, and it's it's it alcohol is. abuse. Yes, he he was legit. My last note of this of this section is get out of the way, Lionel. Fuck. Plus, are they throwing a whole ball or just one? I think it's the left one. It is the left one. The king is giving a testicle. (laughs) The prince is giving a ball. The prince is giving a ball. They've spread the message far and wide. The prince is giving a ball. They say he wants to find a bride. He may find one at the ball. Oh, if only he'd propose to me. I wish that he'd propose to me. Just leave the hair and clothes to me. The prince is giving a ball. Yeah, <laughs> those are the those are the kind of jokes. Look, uh, yeah. If you can't laugh at yourself, how the hell are you gonna laugh at anybody else? Can I get an amen? Uh, amen. Back at their own home, Cinderella wishes to attend the ball herself, but her stepmother ridicules the idea. With her stepfamily retiring for the evening, Cinderella retires to her own little corner, where she can dream to be whatever and whoever she wants to be. Back at the palace, Christopher strongly protests the preparations for the ball because he would rather marry for love. And at Lionel's suggestion, Constantina and Maximilian compromise that should the prince not be successful in choosing a bride at the ball, he be allowed to find one on his own terms. Okay, first of all, their house is awesome. It really is. It, I Like, all of the production design is very theme parky. It looks it like is. it was built in a theme park made specifically for this production. Like, I'm kind of disappointed that this doesn't exist in Disneyland. Same. And it's another thing just about the costumes, right? They're very theatrical because when mm-hmm. you get up close and I, again, you, you know, we said what we said about the quality, but you can still see in this version, the texture on Brandy's jacket on Cinderella's yeah. jacket at the beginning, you can get a sense of the texture in the amazing, gaudy, ridiculous shit that this whole step family is wearing. The, uh, there's something about the clashing patterns that works somehow that as we were watching this, I was like, oh, this is why I wanted to be a drag queen when I grew up so I could wear shit like this. <laughs> Brandy's song that she starts while she's all alone. My own little corner. Yeah. Yeah. That triangle player was having their moment. <laughs> that guy lit up. Yeah. This is my time. Mm-hmm. And Brandy's got such a truly angelic voice. So, I love so good. listening to to her saying Rogers and Hammersteins. Like, yeah. so of course she great pop artist. I listened to her shit when I was in junior high all the time. I watched Moesha. It's just so delightful to hear her sing. Yeah. Another fun fact about Brandy. I don't know if you know this. She's a big world of Warcraft player. Holy shit. Yep. Uh, just before I started in PR at blizzard, uh, she did a campus tour. That's so awesome. <laughs> Brandy. I wonder what kind of class she played. I used to know <laughs> our friend Casey would know. Cause I For think sure. Casey gave her the tour. Oh, that's so cool. Cause Casey used to do tours before I did. Yeah. Well, that's all I have for this section. I have that. The stepmother says, come girls at some point, And I want that to be my text message sound. Come girls. It's time to get our beauty rest. I also had from my own little quarter wing on my fancy is my stage name. This probably resonated with me as a child because I straight up said girl same when she's singing about 
I love to dream to be anywhere but here, but sometimes you just got to wake up and realize that you're around a god-awful step family and you just got to white knuckle it through. And you know what? This is something I need to work through with a therapist. When my mother told me that she was remarrying and that I was going to have a stepfather and step family, I legitimately as a six-year-old child was scared Yeah, because my only comprehension of what a step family was, was Disney's Cinderella. Yeah. And I didn't want to have an evil step family and girl, they sure shit weren't perfect. Thanks for coming to Josh and Clancy's therapy corner. I mean... <laughs> Before we want to move on, I want to talk about the prince chastising them about preparing for the ball and like the bargain that they make. Yes. Because this is the scene where they sexually and physically abuse Lionel throughout, like as a running guy. They do. He's up on a ladder, like trying to hang Garland because nobody else is like, again, he's doing the most here. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, he finally ends up falling off of that ladder after all these threats and the king smacks his ass. The queen smacks his yes. ass. I'm pretty sure the prince smacks his ass. Mm -hmm. He is. Like, he God, he must get paid well. Yeah. Or he's just swimming in courtly concubines. Like there's got to be some kind of payoff for this guy <laughs> because he is not treated well. He's not. <laughs> Solely determined to bolster their own wealth and social status by marrying the prince, Cinderella's stepfamily leaves for the ball, leaving Cinderella home alone. Cinderella is soon visited by her fairy godmother for the first time, who encourages her to go to the ball magically transforming the girl and her traditional accoutrement to be fit for a ball, complete with a pair of glass slippers. With her fairy godmother's warning that the spell will only last until midnight, Cinderella leaves for the ball. So the family's getting dressed. What the fuck is Minerva wearing? It's a choice. She looks like an orange couch. She does. All oh those fucking God, ruffles. Yes. Our family has always been known for its fascinating women. What? I was married a prince myself if I had the same opportunities that you the girls have had. Ow. If I had someone to push me the way you girls do, someone to sacrifice for me. Mother, you're hurting me. Beauty knows no pain, girls. Now the stepmother's robe. Mm -hmm. That sort of like green and magenta thing with the matching shit in her hair that I want. This is, and honestly going into this song, uh, falling in love with love. Like this is probably the moment where I met, where I realized I want to, I want to be her. I want to be, <laughs> I want to be the stepmother. I fell in love with love one night when the moon was full. I was unwise with eyes unable to see. to get dolled up with this bright curly wig and the shit in my hair looking all curvaceous in this silk robe lounging upon a cha chaise talking about how I fell in love with love. Yeah, this is this is when I fell in love with Bernadette Peters. This is when I knew I wanted to be Bernadette Peters. <laughs> Did I just learn I wanted to be Bernadette Peters? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. That said, this is what it takes to get me into a corset, too. <laughs> like you've seen. Oh, yeah. She was stepping, like literally stepping, pulling. hauling over. Was... Like you and Patrick have done this for sure in, in the fucking dressing room at Hamburger Mary's in Long Beach. Trying to pull those strings back on that corset. Yep. It is. It is a struggle and the struggle was real. This, yes. But you know what? It really does wonders for a girl's figure. <laughs> <laughs> Vienna and Natalie are really killing it as Calliope and Minerva. They're just arch and goofy and campy. It's campy. That's what it is. All of this is just high fucking camp. Yes. And I love it for that so much. When they go to the ball, Calliope looks like a, a lampshade. My grandmother used to own like it's fucking bananas. Yeah. Calliope's laugh, her infectious laugh. Oh my God. Yes. She sounds like Clara Bell, the cow in that <laughs> Mickey's amateurs cartoon. Yes. As the song ends, they leave for the ball. Yes. And like I said, Calliope looks like a lampshade. Yes. Minerva's and whatever the hell she's in. Mm-hmm. But the stepmother's gown though. It was good. She looks like, she wouldn't look out of place on a Mardi Gras float. Right. Like there's, there's it's, it's like purple and gold. And I think a little bit of green and there's mm-hmm. some feathers and there's like a brocade. Like she legit it's looks elegant. like, like she's going to start throwing beads for, for ladies flashing the titties and shit. Yeah. Um, and, and I think what you mean Mardi is Mardi Gras eleganza. It's eloquent. 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 Yes. And then they get into that carriage and go screeching off into the night. Yeah. <laughs> Leaving poor Cinderella at home. Uh, To be haunted by the poltergeist that is Whitney Houston's fairy godmother. Okay. (laughs) Whitney just comes in like, hi, I'm Whitney Houston. Thank you. And hello. Like it is just she like there was nothing. And then suddenly everything was there. It was. Yeah, it was so much. It was like, and it's. It, we, this whole scene before she shows up gave me because she's just like, well, I'm home alone now. It was very much. Oh, the family's gone. Let me go to my porn website. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Finally, some alone time. Let me get the lotion out. And then she says something about a queer sort of green apple. And I went, what does she call me? <laughs> and the color on my two stepsisters faces is a queer sort of sour apple green. Who's queer? <laughs> but when Brandy says, who are you? It's like, I'm Whitney Houston, bitch. Yeah. All the roll and fiddly dee, fiddly faddly fuddle. All the wishes in the world are poppycock and twaddle. Who are you? I'm your fairy godmother, honey. You? You got a problem with that? Because if you'd rather have some old lady in a tutu sprinkling fairy dust on your Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I just never dreamed. Fall your all and fiddly dee, fiddly faddly foodle. All the dreamers in the world are dizzy in the noodle. The fairy godmother is a lot. And and honestly, it's great. Uh, In context, terrifying. Because first, is she a vampire? Because she's like, you got to invite me in. And she goes outside to invite her in. And then poof, oops, I'm already in your house, bitch. And then she comes back in and magically shuts the door behind her. I would feel fire. I would feel threatened. (laughs) Yes. At this point, I would Mm -hmm. feel like I was being set up for something. And this witch was about to steal my teeth to make a doll. This my house. I don't know you. (laughs) Like, that's what I would have. 
that that's that would you thank yeah. you bobby hill <laughs> <laughs> but she starts saying that poppycock and twaddle yeah like 27 times so it's so uh, <laughs> 27 twaddles it's just i feel like i've seen that video poppycock and twaddle um <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> I think it's a group scene. Um <laughs> I mean Cinderella basically tells this woman, you don't know me. Because she's she's making fun of her. She's like, Well, it's silly to dream. I've dreamt about leaving so many times. That's the problem with most people. They dream about what they want to do instead of really doing it. Oh, I wish that But I guess wishing's no good either. Mm, everything starts with a wish. You want to know what I was wishing before you came here tonight? That one of those pumpkins in the yard would turn into a great big golden carriage and take you to the ball? Well, and this comes back later. So, you know, they keep wishing and they don't, you know, do something about it. Right. Which, I mean, is kind of poignant. And it's a great message, yeah. right? I, I I feel like that's a, that's something that you can remember sort of creatively. I wish I was doing this thing. Well, just do it. Yeah. The, Stop uh, wishing in- and go and fulfill your own wish. Case in point, this podcast. We yeah. said, you know, we should do a podcast about Disney+. Plus. And then we did it. And, and then here we, we did are. it. And I mean, for better or worse, here for we are. For better or worse, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so she she wishes to go to the ball and fairy godmother starts granting all of these wishes with some of the, this uh, 1997 CGI for Girl. television. It was kind of terrifying. It made Once Upon a Time look good. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and... It's also dark as hell. And she's like, you know, like, hey, you've, you've got till midnight. Okay. So what is it? Nine o'clock? It's 45. She got 45 minutes. Yeah. And she also, you know, when the footmen change from the mice or whatever, she's like, it's just like in my dream. If you're dreaming an animorph, she might want to like cut back on the Zoloft. A little bit. A little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> but also, I mean, this does answer the question. Like, you know, it, she's not, she has to take something to turn it into something. Yeah. So like. It's alchemy. Right. Uh, you know, th- th- no matter is being just created out of nowhere. You're she going is, too deep she on the magic morphing in this that world. to the other, which is oh, the connection honey. from the Marvel universe to the Cinderella. Universe. These pants are 87% Kevlar, <laughs> but so many girls in 1997 were like, that's my homecoming dress. That's what I'm doing. That's my homecoming dress. Oh my God. And still Whitney Houston just appearing and popping everywhere. Like while, a damn poltergeist. Yeah. Like a, Alexa, how do you get rid of Whitney Houston's poltergeist? <laughs> okay, and it's just the weird, and I'm sure it looked fine on 1997 network television, but that green screen, just out of nowhere, she's just like, impossible. And oh, oh God, she's right outside the, oh, she's right next to me while I'm driving this. I used to be a mouse. What's happening? Impossible for a plain yellow pumpkin to become a golden carriage. Impossible. For a plain country pumpkin and a prince to join in marriage. And four white mice will never be four white horses. Such folder all and fiddle dee dee of courses. Impossible. When you try to think of it realistically, it's all just so wild. And then she's in the in the coach again. And now these two are beautifully harmonizing yes. as they go off into the cake. Because that really final good. harmony is so gorgeous. Ugh. These two powerhouse singers, but all this Mm -hmm. is ridiculous and it just looks wild. It looks wild, but sounds delightful, which is the title of my memoirs. And because these daft and do it, I don't keep building up impossible hopes, impossible. Things are happening every day. It's possible. It's possible. 
in full swing as women dance in hopes of becoming the prince's suitor. Unimpressed by the women at the ball, including Calliope and Minerva, Christopher is growing weary until Cinderella arrives. The pair hit it off, much to the annoyance of Cinderella's suspicious stepfamily. The clock strikes midnight as Cinderella and the prince share their first kiss, but Cinderella flees on foot while the spell is reverted, leaving behind a single glass slipper. With his parents' blessing, Christopher declares that he will marry whomever fits the slipper, even if it means trying it on every maiden in the kingdom. So a lot happens in this paragraph. It um, does. We, I mean, you know, we get the, we get the summaries where we can get them. Yeah, we do. But like a, this ball is awkward to begin with. Like the, everybody's wearing the same shit except characters who are named. Yeah. And it just looks, I mean, I get it. I get it. But it's like the queen and the queen and King really said, unless you're important, this is your color scheme. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, a. Uh, it was just kind of it. It was what do you what do you call it? Like uh, just a comedy of errors of them trying to get the the stepsisters to dance with the prince. Yeah, and apparently, like the way that this is going to happen is literally every eligible woman in the kingdom is going to dance with him for a bit because the way that they start moving through the line is by mm-hmm. speeding up the music. Yeah. So it's not even about like the time frame so much as just like, all right, you've got sixteen boof, bars boof, to wow boof, me. Boof. Yeah. And also, like, my COVID alarm was going on. Like, there is just so much contact tracing that needs to happen here. But Yes, yeah. truly. <laughs> and it really is. The, they're making no no secret about their interest of marrying into royalty. Minerva leans over that balcony and just starts putting it out into the world. Her desires to jump on this chiseled man and his uh, princely goods. Yes, she is like itching, literally. Yes. <laughs> to dance with him. And it's just, it's just so, it's so fun. She's nuts. Yeah. I, but hey, you know what? She puts what she wants into the world. And sometimes that's the only way you can get it. We just had this conversation, but the fairy godmother and actualizing your dreams. That's yes. exactly what Minerva is trying to do. For sure. And then you've got Calliope. Who is braying like a donkey. <laughs> it was oh, just too much. my God. I don't think anyone's ever found me funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. And then you've got the, the stepmother who is all but sexually harassing uh, Lionel. Lionel. Yeah. Yeah. She is trying to convince Lionel to move her daughters up the chain by uh, tickling his fancy as yeah. it were. Like, I mean, and Lionel you know straight up says no bitch. Yeah. And I mean, that's like, you is don't Lionel gay. Do we think Lionel's gay? Maybe. Or he just doesn't put it in crazy. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit that's ableist clancy he doesn't put it in evil how about in that evil yes or in egotistical or narcissistic or opportunistic this is maybe true. he is turned off <laughs> by desperation which yeah I, let's st- look i'm glad they didn't give the stepmother a name because it's really hard to humanize her otherwise for sure um but she is exuding desperation by yeah. calvin klein <laughs> 
Yeah, and then it, Cinderella then enters the room, and there's a giant lighting change. And everybody stops. Like, they called that light cue, and it's not exactly inconspicuous. No, <laughs> everything focuses on her. The music changes. Yeah. It becomes a full-on waltz. Everybody's looking, mm-hmm. and nobody recognizes her somehow. No Magic, 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 magic. The king also makes it like this really kind of almost gross comment. It's yeah, it was. If I were a younger man, who is that charming girl? No one seems to know she is stunning, isn't she? Like a vision. Oh, if I were a young man, I'd. Yes, dear. Well, I'd be younger, wouldn't I? Yes, dear. Ew. Daddy Garber. Yeah. Daddy Garber bucks. No. Don't be nasty. No, 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 no. Your no. wife is right there. Yeah. And let's be honest, she's planning. She is. Hello. Mm. If everyone could have a whoopee. If everyone could have a whoopee. <laughs> They're talking about how the mountains are beautiful. And yeah. he says, You're beautiful. And I'm just you <laughs> And I was like, like a mountain? She's beautiful like a mountain. She's beautiful like a mountain. She's majestic. What? You all are bad at flirting. <laughs> but this song, you can kind of hear in its structure and sort of like melodic progression. Yeah. You can hear a little bit of I am 16 going on 17. Ten minutes ago, I saw you. I looked up when you came through the door. My head started reeling. You gave me the feeling the room had no ceiling or floor. Ten minutes ago, I met you. And we murmured a how do you do? I wanted to ring out the bells and fling out my arms and to sing out the Here, you know, 10 minutes ago I did this. 10 mm-hmm. minutes ago I was here. And then he's 10 minutes ago you came here. 10 minutes ago I saw. I felt like I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Anyway. Can we talk about these sisters in the bushes? Sisters in the Bushes is the title of my first punk album, A. Uh, and B, yes, when Calliope and Minerva are creeping up on them. Um, I think the song is called The Stepsisters Lament, but it's that you know, why would a woman and this is probably my favorite song in the whole fucking film. <laughs> it's delightful. It's fucking delightful. And they really are just sort of like, oh shit, this bitch is better than us, but you know, I'm normal. I'm perfectly normal. I am seeing reflected back at me the energy I carried when trying to date in AOL message rooms as a teenager. Why would a fellow want a girl like her? A frail and fluffy beauty. Why can't a fellow ever once prefer a solid girl like me? She's a frothy little bubble with a flimsy kind of charm and with very little trust. Anyway, they're back in and now the king and queen are, are getting nosy. Wanting yeah. to meet Cinderella. You know, the king is dancing with her for a bit and being very, you know, complimentary and charming and still a little bit creepy. Skeezy. The queasy, the queasy, the queasy, the queasy, the queasy, skeezy. The queen's getting all nosy about her family, which yes. I mean, let's be honest. This is peak imposter syndrome right here. Yeah, um, this is the reality of that. And, you know, Cinderella runs outside to get some advice from the fairy godmother. And all I can think is, is she just outside waiting, waiting, at, like having a smoke, waiting to provide moral support. She's, she's looking at her watch. being She like, grabbed a glass of champagne. She lit up a Marlboro 100. And she's just like, let's see if she can pull this off. Right. on the snack off. So she starts to like, you know, this is the Cinderella trope. Like yeah. the, the clock strikes 12 and then 
all of the things start changing. She loses the slipper and then, you know, she's in her regular garb or whatever. And then sneaks back home before the other sisters get back. But when she's running out of there and the prince is chasing her, he definitely pushes the stepmother over like move, bitch. Get out the way. (laughs) Just shoves her right over. I cheered a little bit. I was excited (laughs) about that. Shall we move on? Let's do it. When Cinderella's step family return home, they begin sharing embellished recounts of their evening. Cinderella explains that she can only imagine what it must have been like, and they briefly bond over the memory, only for the stepmother to soon recognize Cinderella as the mysterious princess with whom the prince danced. Insisting that she will never be more than a common girl, uh, she's sent to her corner. I don't know. This is all wonky. Yeah, it is all wonky, but I mean, that's essentially what happens. With final encouragement from her fairy godmother, Cinderella finally decides she will run away from home. Why is it that the mother just doesn't hedge her bets at this point? Be like, hey, you know what? No, I can still get my royalty if I support her because we obviously know it's her that she loves. And then we can just go along with it because one of the sisters and her were still going to have to sit on the sidelines. The poltergeist fairy godmother comes back appearing as if she's just stolen the stepmother's wig. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> she's, I don't know what, who, okay. So they obviously lit, they had to light her differently than everything else, but sure. like half of her was green. Half of her, her was red and it was just, it was terrifying. Jarring. Yeah. And yes, terrifying. And then we get back to the palace where the prince has clearly been up all night sniffing that shoe. Oh, the parents come in worried about oh, it. Oh no. And he's just been, Snuggling up with the shoe all night. No kink shaming. Though. No kink like, shaming yeah. at all. Because I, I, one of the notes I had in here is like, I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. Yeah. But the last ten minutes of this movie is a foot fetish's dream. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even kidding. I mean, yes. No, you're right. But you this is where we right. we get Whoopi singing. full belting into his parents ears this family must have hearing issues because all of them just do (laughs) a full belt to express their emotions right into each other's you do that to me all the time you're not wrong (laughs) you are absolutely right shall we move on yeah let's do it christopher has been up all night with the glass slipper cinderella left behind causing his parents and lionel to worry the king and queen question the prince's feelings but he insists he is in love and will find the owner of the glass slipper When the prince and Lionel arrive at Cinderella's home, the stepmother locks Cinderella in the kitchen, hoping to keep her hidden. Cinderella's stepfamily try on the slipper with little success, and Lionel demands that the kitchen be unlocked and searched. 
when the prince discovers Cinderella in the courtyard about to run away. When Christopher recognizes Cinderella from the marketplace, he tries to slip her on her foot and it fits perfectly. In the end, Cinderella and the prince soon marry in a grand ceremony while the palace gates close on her stepfamily, forcing them to watch from outside. This is where I had, yeah, I'm not a foot guy, but I'm thinking some people consider this being on Disney Plus a special kind of perk. <laughs> yeah, there's this giant long shot. Of, the montage. Yeah, of, of them trying on the shoes and they're just, it's the camera's panning. Superimposed over his chiseled uh, cheekbones. Yes. Just, just trying. Looking at feet after earnestly. Shoe after shoe after shoe after foot after foot after foot. Yeah, it was Somebody so loves this. I, it's not for me. No. But if it's for you. Congrats. This is nice. And a glass slipper can't feel good, right? Like it's gotta be a pain in the ass to wear a pain in the foot to wear, I guess. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And, but there is no foot maiming. Like there isn't into the woods in the original story. There is not. So that's good. I mean, Bernadette's foot does get the circulation cut off. Yeah. And she makes sort of Bernadette sex noises about it. I'll pop it in. Cause it really (laughs) does sound sort of like play orgasmic. Impossible. <laughs> and it's cutting off my circulation. Get it off me. Off, off, off. Pull it harder, you imbecile. Harder. Madam, there's no need for name calling. All right, on the count of three. One, two. <laughs> it's weird. I felt weird listening to it. I'm not going to lie. This, it was weird. Lionel straight up says, are there any other hoes in this house? Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty, pretty much. And then they, without a warrant, search their home. They don't need a warrant. This is the royal family. I know, but still. This isn't isn't a constitutional monarchy. I know. But I love that the stepmother forgot she got another door in the kitchen. Because Cinderella just wanders out into the front yard. Why is it that Cinderella just wouldn't come in the front door and hey, hey, the... For some she, well, she's getting ready locked. to leave. Yeah. So she, she was is never going to come back through that kitchen door anyway. She was running away. I did love the synchronized uh, shoe limp. That was a cute bit of direction. Yeah. So yeah, Bernadette makes her sex noises and then still tries to beg. Yeah. Literally beg. Take one of my daughters saying that Minerva, you know, memorized the wreck of the Hesperus in four languages, <clears throat> which to me goes, oh shit. Then this takes place after 1842 because that's when the wreck of the Hesperus was written. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, but they find the other, the other, they do the thing with the door in the kitchen. Like they say, um, go out into the courtyard and they have that exchange about the stupid Royals, not caring about other people again. And yeah, big callback to the beginning song. Yep. And they're having this moment and then like she's just Ah, Whitney, Whitney. What did you say your name was? Cinderella. Cinderella. I like it. It grows on you, I guess. May I? Oh, 
And this is where she takes their love as magical energy and begins to grow. It's it's a fairy tale. There's magic here. Uh, the fairy godmother may be a lich for all we know. <laughs> and then she's the size of that clock. And then she's the size of the castle. And she's just shitting glitter and belting all over. Yeah, everybody. those little squiggles are just pouring down on those poor peasants. Well, the townspeople all look like the cast of much ado about nothing with Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson and like the white linen running off to the bathhouse. Yes. Like yes. Everybody's yes. in those like creams and whites. Mm-hmm. That's what that reminded me of. But yeah, the last big note here I had was run. The singing ghost has returned to terrorize the kingdom. There's no escape. She passes through time and space at a whim grows to the size of a clock to shit glitter and I mean, basically, and and that's um, the end of this film. It's well, great. Not before those phenomenal. sisters get shut the fuck out of that goddamn yes. castle. Fuck up. Just the gate closed right in their face. Yeah. And take that bitch. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's it. <laughs> that is it. What a delight. What a treat. What a treat. Um, just some other quick details that I didn't find anywhere to slot in, but I thought were interesting, but aren't necessarily trivia. This is the only Rodgers and Hammerstein's musical that was written for television. Yeah. Uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit at the top, um, but like this was the original concept of like Grease Live, Sound of Music Live. Like this, yes. this is the Proto. proof of concept. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this version, there were songs added from different musicals. Falling in Love with Love, the stepmother song, is actually from The Boys from Syracuse, which is a musical about uh, comedy of errors, I think. Oh, okay. Um, And The Sweetest Sounds is from the musical No Strings. And There's Music in You was written for the 1953 film Main Street to Broadway and was sung as the finale by the stepmother. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, the budget for this film was $12 million. Yes. And we can't really talk about, you know, what it made because it was for TV. We've run into this before. It is. But they, they did say that they netted about 60 million viewers. Yeah. And this uh, was part of the revival of Wonderful World of Disney in the 90s. So yeah, like, people were big news. Like it was a big hype. deal. It, yeah. Right. Yeah, it really was. Um, and in terms of the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, it has 86 percent. Uh, Rebecca Poller of Playbill said it was overflowing with star performances, lavish sets and lush rainbow hued costumes and described its score as fresher than ever. I don't know. I've, I, it, the score is is bubbly to me, but every, everything about, about the production design, I, I fully agree with. Aline Fitzpatrick from Billboard. And, and this is from the original. These are original reviews. Right. Um, the, so that it slips into Rodgers and Hammerstein's Broadway like score as easily as Cinderella fits into a glass slipper. All right, Eileen, come on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> Ray Richmond of Variety said of Cinderella, the surprisingly self-assured Brandy is an island of subtlety and a sea of broad, a magical <laughs> sort of charisma enfolds her and her voice is more than up to the task. Subtlety in a sea of broad. Come on, bud. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. There's only two men in this cast. That's true. That, three, three men. That <laughs> That is very, very true. So she really is swimming in a sea of broads. <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you think about it? She is. Uh, the viewer score on this one was a little bit lower at 74%. Well, yeah, I mean, like we discussed at the top, some people are fucking racist. And so, of course, the viewer score on this is going to yeah, be impacted was, by it that. It was pretty bad. I had to scroll through a couple of pages to pull like some. some it's bonkers. Uh, and it's why you can't really trust, you know, aggregate sites like Rotten Tomatoes. But because it's a cultural point of reference, we use it to do work for us that we don't want to do ourselves. Yeah. Anyway, viewer score, as you said, uh, 74%. Sarah Yaya Z, uh, two years ago, August 24th, 2019, said, most important movie of my childhood, the diverse cast opened my eyes and heart to so many possibilities growing up five stars. Isn't that the uh, light green? I love that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, your gay boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> As opposed to my straight boyfriend. <laughs> yes. On January 25th, 2016 says, I played the prince on the original stage version of this. I was a bit disappointed when I rewatched this after years since I saw it. And I noticed elements of the film never captured from the original script. It could have been better. The fact that they excluded your majesties from the show was not appeasing, but Whitney Houston's rendition of impossible saved the film. Yeah. Given what we know about the stage history of this piece, I call bullshit on your gay boyfriend. Yeah. He also gave it four stars. So fuck. This right. Guy. What the fuck? <laughs> Holly C gave it two stars and said, this was a weird movie, but I liked it. I like how diverse the cultures were. Just nonsense. She's trying. Holly C. She's trying. Oh, well, no, that's a one and a half star. Yeah, it's a one and a half star. And she was like, but I liked it. Is that what you give things that you like? She's got Holly C. This sounds racist. too. Yeah, uh, it won an Emmy for outstanding art direction for a variety or music program here for it. I can see it. Yeah, I blathered on about what the costumes and the sets. It was also nominated for six other primetime Emmys. Oh, good. So- Whoopi Goldberg's jewelry was designed by Harvey Winston and cost $2 million to make. Jesus. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Hold on. That means that this movie's budget was $12 million? Yeah. So that's what? uh, A sixth of the film's budget was on her jewelry alone? Yeah. Oh, no. I hope she kept them. Oh, I hope she got to. Yeah. But (laughs) also YouTube and drag race star Todrick Hall recently teamed up with Brandy to produce a medley of songs from the movie prior to its release on Disney plus. We'll have the link to that in the show notes. Yeah. It's delightful. Well, uh, that was Cinderella Clancy. What did you think? Okay. We talked a little bit about this. You have seen this before. No, no, I have not seen it. Okay. So what did you think? As TV musicals go, I am not really one that's really into those. No. I did give this the the good old college try going into it. Yeah. Obviously, because it's my hobby to do so now. We're right. Yeah. It's what we do. But honestly, I thought this was great. It was super funny. It didn't take itself too seriously. No. And it, everybody in it was pretty wonderful and, and seemed like they wanted to be there. And so like everybody seemed like they were having a good time. Yeah. Everybody seemed like they were fully committed to what they were doing, which was a musical on TV. Yeah. It's not high art. No, but it's, it, but it's definitely entertaining. And that's yes. exactly what it was supposed to do. Very much of its time, but yeah. holds up. Mm hmm. Alrighty, before we go, as always, just a reminder, you can support us further via Patreon at patreon.com slash making mischief. Yeah, we did a whole 
a Mandalorian breakdown, the last one that we put up. So yeah, lots, lots of, lots of good content on there. So please join the Patreon, join the Patreon. You'll get extra bonus content from us, uh, different levels. You'll get the discord in there, yep. but also there's content from other shows and not just episodes. You get art, you get maps, I think from, uh, roll nine and three quarters, mm-hmm. all sorts of good stuff there. Yeah. Patreon.com slash making mischief. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at nonplussedpod. You can email us at submissions at nonplussedpod.com. I was recently just scrolling through our Twitter. You are delightful. Who? You. Me? Yeah. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah. When I when I remember to, to <laughs> post to organic Twitter in the middle of my day job of posting, posting to Twitter. To Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, if uh, they wanted to find me on the internet, how would they do so, John? I, your guess is as good as mine, but they could start at <laughs> CLNCY on Twitter and Insta- Instagram. Of course, that's your name without the A in it. Yeah. And if they wanted to try and succeed in finding me online, where might they do that, baby? Well, they would definitely be able to do that on Twitter and Instagram at Josh Watchin TV without the G. Yes, Josh Watchin TV. No G's in this house. And remember, as always, if the podcast platform you listen to us on has the functionality for you to do sco, do sco, do sco, do sco, rate, review, and subscribe. Especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it honestly matters. Or if you hate us, lie. Yeah, lie, lie. <laughs> if you like us individually, but maybe the show isn't quite your thing, look, if you love us, support us. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Well, that over there is my husband, Josh. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And we are nonplussed. We are nonplussed. Nonplustable. They need to, I feel like they need to remaster it. I feel like they need to punch this up a little. I mean, bit. all these people are still alive. They could come back and do it again. They are not all still alive. Clancy who died. Houston. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. Josh hitting those whistle notes. And remember to get 15% off your first purchase at Loot Crate. Use the link in the show notes with the code nonplussed. Again, use the code nonplussed with the link in the show notes for 15% off your first purchase at Loot Crate. Bazooey! Bop, bop.